Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Monday the 13th of January coming up. Work starting to dismantle M20 barrier. It's great news to hear that Operation Brook is finally being lifted. I think it's welcome news um, probably for everyone that lives and works uh, and travels through the county. Air pollution putting thousands of lives at risk. Every day... Millions of us are breathing in tiny toxic particles that get into our bloodstream and increase the risk of heart attack and stroke. And disabled music group looking for new members. It gives opportunities to people with learning disabilities to get together, to play, to have fun, to build community. Kent Online News. First today, a 17-year-old boy has appeared in court charged with murdering a man in Medway. 35-year-old Anthony Eastwood was stabbed in Fox Street in Gillingham last month. The teenager, who's from Essex, was arrested at the Channel Tunnel Terminal in France at the weekend. He's due at Crown Court on Wednesday. A man's been taken to hospital after being attacked with a pair of scissors in Ashford High Street. He suffered injuries to his arm when it happened near the John Wallace pub yesterday afternoon. A 27-year-old's being questioned on suspicion of causing grievous bodily harm. Pet owners are being told to be vigilant after a cat was stabbed to death in Tunbridge. The attack is being investigated by South Norwood Animal Rescue in Liberty, which says it's aware of similar incidents in nearby Tunbridge Wells. Eleven months after it was installed on the M20, work to remove the barrier between Ashford and Maidstone is starting today. The contraflow system was part of Operation Brock, which is designed to ease congestion if there are delays at Dover in the event of a no-deal Brexit. It's been revealed the project has cost taxpayers £35 million, despite never being fully implemented. Natalie Chapman is from the Kent-based Freight Transport Association. It's great news to hear that Operation Brock is is finally being lifted. I think it's welcome news um, probably for everyone that lives and works uh, and travels through the county. Um, They've had obviously uh, quite some time now of um, restrictions, of um, uh, reduced speed limits. So um, there'll be a little bit of pain before the M20 gets uh, fully back to normal as we'll see some overnight closures. Um, But before long, um, it'll be back to the usual speed limits. In the event of the UK leaving the EU without a deal, um, we needed to make sure the right mitigation measures were in place uh, to keep the supply chain moving to ensure frictionless trade and here in Kent to make sure that the county didn't just grind to a halt um, because of lorries having to queue up. So we did need to see Operation Brock being put into place um, but I think we're all very relieved to see it go um, and we've now got until the end of the year to um, during this transition period to to work on um, making sure we get the systems in place for border readiness and particularly things like customs checks um, to try and, and, and hopefully to try and make sure that they take place um, away from the county and that we keep Kent open and up and running as it should be. As we have this transition period in place from when we leave on the 31st of January to the end of the year, we have this kind of buffer period to to manage things. So we're not going to have the no deal scenario that I think we had feared on previous Brexit dates that have have been and gone. Um, But it's really important that we use this time to make sure that we have the right measures in place um, so that we can ensure frictionless trade, that we can make sure that freight is border ready before it enters the county 
County and that we keep Kent, um, Kent open and the roads uh, flowing freely. So I think uh, FTA members um, are, are relieved to see, you know, t- to see that uh, we will be leaving um, in a much more orderly fashion, I think was was uh, feared previously. Um, we, we were prepared for you know every eventual scenario um but there were scenarios we did not want to see happen um so we, we we're going to have a more orderly exit from the eu um but i say it's important that we spend uh, the rest of this year making sure that the right measures are in place so um that that we don't end up with um with with congestion in kent with um customs checks taking place in the county and all of the issues that that could then cause I think the only other thing to, to say is that obviously Brock has gone, but we we still may see just separate to Brexit cross channel disruption in the county. Um, so we still need, actually need to see a long term solution for Operation Stack. Um, so in the event that we have um, p- bad weather, we have see industrial action, um, or we see increased um, migrant and refugee activity happening in the channel there is still that that potential for it to impact um, on Kent. So it's really important that we find a solution because at the moment, the solution still is Operation Stack and any disruption to Eurotunnel traffic, for example, will see um, the M20 turn back into a lorry park. Well, she's not the only one concerned about that scenario and the government's now being urged to renew efforts to find a site for a permanent lorry park. The leader of Kent County Council, Roger Goff, has been chatting to our political editor, Paul Francis on KMTV. Well, I think it's something that now needs very much to be revisited. So our position has been we absolutely welcome the fact that the barrier is going. Um, in fact, we called for that. It, it, 16 days to lift a barrier, which is supposed it's to be ridiculous. a quick, quick removable barrier. It's been... uh, yes, it's, you know, it's all taking longer than we would like. But I think the key point is it's going. And that is welcome. Uh, it is something that, in fact, I was calling for at our December council meeting. That once but your, clear, your government said in 2015, five years ago, that it was going to find a lorry park. And last year was supposed to be identifying sites and there's been nothing at all. And in fact, this is one of the points we are raising with government, which is this, this and a number of other issues absolutely have to be revisited now. So it's welcome that we've seen uh, the abandonment of the barrier. But it does mean that in the short run, if you get a further crisis and anybody who's lived in Kent for any length of time knows we don't need Brexit to give us uh, major problems on the highways when there are problems in the straits. Yeah, so it's addressing the longer term issues we now need to do. We have been very well prepared historically for occasions when a no deal Brexit or WTO Brexit was a possibility, was on the table. But what I think also matters is even if we get through that, and my best guess is actually we will. Uh, I don't think we'll see a WTO departure on the 31st of December. We still need to be tackling the longer term issues because the arrangements at the border will change. The M20 will be shut tonight between junctions 9 and 7 from 10pm to 6am tomorrow morning. The same overnight closure will be in place for the next fortnight. Kent Online reports. The RSPCA's released pictures of horses and dogs seized from a farm near Maidstone after two men were jailed for animal cruelty. The animals were found starved on land at Forstall Farm in Lewes. The charities now released images from a raid on the site in March last year. You can read about who was sentenced at kentonline.co.uk. Four people are in hospital following a crash involving three cars in Canterbury. Hoth Road was closed for around five hours after it happened yesterday afternoon. 
A man in his 20s has been knocked unconscious and robbed in a park in Maidstone. He was attacked in Brenchley Gardens on Friday evening and woke up to find his backpack, wallet, mobile phone and jacket had been stolen. Police are keen to speak to anyone with information. Elsewhere, a mum's revealed how her son and three friends were robbed at Knife Point on a train in Kent. She says the boys got on at Otford on Saturday and were on their way to Swanley when four older people demanded to have their bags. Two suspects are thought to have been arrested. Now it's feared almost 5,000 people here in Kent could die from heart attacks and strokes over the next decade because of toxic air we're breathing in. That's the equivalent of more than five a week. The British Heart Foundation wants pollution to be treated as a health emergency. Jacob West from the charity has been telling Sky News it's an invisible killer. Every day millions of us are breathing in tiny toxic particles that get into our bloodstream and increase the risk of heart attack and stroke. That's why we're calling on government to adopt tough new World Health Organization guidelines and commit to achieving these by 2030. The government announced in the Queen's speech before Christmas that it would introduce an environment bill and we expect that to be introduced into Parliament shortly and we want them to adopt these World Health Organization guidelines which are much stricter than the current guidelines on air pollution of this kind and then commit to achieving these by 2030. Air pollution of this kind is by its very nature invisible. In fact it's an invisible killer. So what we're trying to do with this campaign is draw attention to this issue. We think it's a public health emergency and tens of thousands of people their lives are at risk so we think it ought to be a priority for the government. Well the Department for Environment and Rural Affairs last year published a report that showed that meeting these World Health Organization guideline limits was technically feasible. So we do think it's achievable. It will take some time, which is why we uh, are talking about achieving these by 2030. Uh, it's a transition to a, a greener and greener and healthier economy. Uh, but the sooner we do it, the more lives we can save. Every day people are breathing in these toxic particles. They're about a 30th of the width of a human hair, so they're invisible to the naked eye, but they enter into the bloodstream uh, and cause an increased ri risk of heart attack and stroke. What we're highlighting is the health impact of this kind of air pollution. Of course, the efforts to address climate change are largely mutually reinforcing with efforts to improve uh, health from this kind of air pollution. Uh, but the key thing really is to change the law to adopt these new tough limits, and that will send a signal to the economy, to society more generally. Uh, government then needs to set out a roadmap. You know, what are the specific policies, like things like the ultra-low emission zone in London? What are the specific policies that will help us achieve those targets? Vanessa Smith, who's a senior cardiac nurse with the British Heart Foundation, has also been chatting to Sky News. She says now is the perfect time for ministers to take action. Now that our new government has been passed in as of the end of last year, um, we currently adopt to the EU air pollution measurings. However, the World Health Organization do have much stricter values. So currently the EU values are that the amount of air pollution of the PM 2.5 in the air should be less than 25 cubic meters. Um, however, the WHO do have their aim is 10 cubic uh, microcubic meters which is a much smaller amount and it's actually we know that at the current rates we're actually within EU limits yet 11,000 people are dying so it's still not good enough we need to be adopting the um, much stricter guidelines and if we can get our government to introduce that into the latest environmental bill when they review that 
as soon as Parliament reopens um, is, is actually what we're aiming for. The reason why we're calling this a um, national health emergency is that if we don't do something this year in the next couple of years, by 2030, that in the next 10 years time, this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Air pollution's potentially going to grow if it doesn't stay the same. We've got a heavily older generation and population who may already have heart and circulatory diseases. And we're estimating that with current air pollution, if it continues to grow as it is, that we would rather than the 11,000 deaths we're seeing every year at the moment, that could go up to 160,000. So that's a huge difference over the space of 10 years. So actually, we want to act now to reduce that ever becoming that figure in the first place. If the government failed to act and do not plan to change the current policy we have around air pollution, we may potentially have much more deaths in, on our hands. So currently 11,000 people die every year um, from heart and circulatory diseases in particular that have been attributed to air pollution. If we do nothing and we carry on at current rates, so the air pollution stays at the same rate, we don't change our policy, we don't make any improvements in the next 10 years, Unfortunately, we have an, a growing older population at the same time. So those deaths could easily increase to 160,000 heart and circulatory disease deaths that would be potentially related to air pollution. So this is a, a national health emergency. Kent Online News. Two men have been arrested after a stolen JCB digger crashed into a hedge near Canterbury. A police helicopter and sniffer dogs were used to track down the suspects in Chartham on Saturday night. A 51-year-old from Ashford and 39-year-old from Dover are being held on suspicion of theft. A weather warning for Kent has been extended to include heavy rain as well as strong winds. Forecasters say gusts of up to 70 miles per hour could hit the coast from midday tomorrow. The downpours are expected to last from lunchtime until Wednesday morning. The department store chain Beals, which has a branch in Kent, has confirmed it could collapse into administration, putting around 1,000 jobs at risk. The retailer has 22 shops, including one in Tunbridge, and is in talks with landlords over rent reductions. It's also understood to have spoken with two potential buyers. A music group is encouraging more people with disabilities to sing and perform with them. The Music Man Project welcomes 100 people to rehearsals and concerts across the county. Sarah Mann is the director of the Kent Groups. She's been speaking to Ollie on the KM Community Podcast. The Music Man Project is important because it gives opportunities to people with learning disabilities to get together, to play, to have fun, to build community for people that perhaps wouldn't... um, necessarily be in community and are often actually socially isolated and excluded from a lot of things so it um, it provides that opportunity as well as for some of the carers to get together to network to kind of build relationships with one another um, yeah and it's, it's a great project to be involved in because uh, I think when I when I found out about the project I was I was surprised that there weren't more of these projects around because it feels like it really offers something different uh, that you don't often see in, in communities. Absolutely. Um, when I first heard about it as well, I um, I looked it up online and got in touch with David Stanley, who's um, in charge of the project and founded it, and said, is there anything like this in Kent? And he said, no, but we'd love to have something. So it kind of snowballed from there. We've got some um, quite complex um, disabilities. We've got people with cerebral palsy that um, are wheelchair bound. Um, we've got 
obviously people with autism and Asperger's, so they're you know much more able than some of the others. Down syndrome, it covers every disability and we try to make it accessible for all. We learn to get along, we learn um, what others' strengths are, um, what other people find difficult and we try to kind of accommodate that and um, yeah, just include everyone and make it a, a really fun place to be. So how did you get involved in the project in the first place? Well, it was while I was a teacher and uh, one of my teaching assistants worked, had come from Essex. She worked in South End, and she said to me, have you heard of David Stanley and the Music Man Project? I said, no. She said, look it up because you would absolutely love it. So I did. And uh, I thought, wow, yeah, that looks good. And kind of parked the idea. Um, and then it was a kind of January, I think, 2017, when I was really coming up, umming and ahhing about my future and thinking, oh, you know, it'd be great to get involved in something else. And um, I got in touch with David and said that, um, you know, gave him a little bit of background on, on, on me and said, have you got anything like this in Kent? I'm really interested in the project. He said, no, come and see what we do. So I went up and, and saw um, what he did and just thought, wow, I was blown away by it and thought, this is this is great. I'd love to you know, be involved in something. And so I, I kind of set it up locally. I went part time at school. I was a teacher, went part time and ran the Music Man Project, just two sessions a week with a colleague of mine and just loved it so much. And it's kind of snowballed from that point and it's got a little bit bigger. I gave up teaching radically mm -hmm. um, in uh, last year. And uh, from September 2019, um, added extra sessions to Medway. We've opened a project in Maidstone and we've also got a, um, a project in Bexley that I don't run, but a, a friend of mine runs. So, uh, yeah, it is great and I love it. You can hear more of their chats in our story at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. The owners of a house in Folkestone that was severely damaged in a fire just before New Year say they're still in shock about what happened. The Hills family were away in Copenhagen when the blaze started in a neighbour's conservatory and spread to their building on December the 30th. Firefighters say the fact they'd closed doors to rooms prevented the property from being completely destroyed. You can see pictures in our story online. A 23-foot mobile climbing wall has been stolen from Sittingbourne. A white transit van was seen towing it away from the Eurolink industrial estate where it was being stored on Saturday afternoon. It was later spotted on the M2 heading Londonbound. Anyone with information is being urged to contact police. A badger's been rescued after it was spotted dodging traffic on Bluebell Hill. Officers and drivers worked together to catch the animal on Saturday afternoon. It's thought to have damaged its eyes and is now being looked after by the Kent Wildlife Rescue Service. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham had to settle for a nil-nil draw against Peterborough United at the weekend. Neither side were able to find the back of the net at the Western Home Stadium on Saturday. Jill's boss Steve Evans has been giving us his thoughts on the game. We have two headers we should score really, particularly the second one and then we have a diving header perhaps we should score. So they're, they're big chances but listen we didn't alter our team talk at half time, go out and be courageous and we're against a bit of a win but, but still try to play and I think we look really menacing and threatening. I think their best spell came when they introduced Marcus Madison, I think he's a outstanding talent and I think when he got on the ball he gives a different problem and last 10 minutes he drifted a bit because we had to allocate something to go and deal with him and they, Alfie dealt with him very effectively. I'm very satisfied with the afternoon's work. I'm disappointed that we've that we've taken a point. Um, 
but in saying that, you talk about the, the last seconds incident with Ivan. He's a very honest kid, Ivan. He's never going to get down easy. He's, he's a brilliant lad. And um, But they hit the bar as well, so you, you probably say, is it, the draw's not fair today. We should win the game. But we have enormous respect. We could have lost that 1-0 because they have that piece of quality, don't they? They have those players in attacking areas. You know, the boy Isa, you know, they've introduced Marcus. They've got the best striker that could comfortably... The biggest compliment I could, play, I could pay him is he could play tomorrow for... Sheffield United, who are before today's fixtures fifth in the Premier League, he could play for them. He could play for a whole host of teams at the lower end of the Premier League and, and certainly the top two in the Championship. So they've got a magnificent talent, but they, they paid big money from at that time. So you can only give credit to the chairman here on the board. The result has left Gillingham 14th in the League One table, four points off the playoff places. Meantime, Ebbsfleet have won their FA Trophy second round tie against Kingsland Town. They beat the visitors 1 0 at the weekend to make it through to the next stage of the competition. Manager Kevin Watson told us how he was feeling afterwards. Delighted off the back of last week, uh, including myself, we were all very, very disappointed with our performances. You always look back and think you could, do, could have done something different admittedly against an, an excellent Barrow side and we got, went down to 10. Um, but for me today, going down to 10 men again, playing against a team that's won 11 out of 13 in their division, at the top of the division, and I said to our boys, look, we, we won't think it in here. There'll be a lot of people in this ground today and around the country who follow the FA Trophy that will believe Kingsland are favourites for this game. Um, we defended well and as we just saying off air there we've done a lot of work with the back four this week a lot of work closing gaps watching runners from midfield um, being strong being diligent um, and I thought I thought that we that they carried it out to the, to the letter um, disappointing to go down to 10 men we'll have to have a look at it I have my thoughts on what happened in fact I saw what happened and for me just raising your arm to brush off someone's hand who's grabbed hold of you is um, shouldn't be a sending off uh, and also treading on someone's face should be um, but we hung in there we kept our shape we didn't chase it and I said to the boys at half time they can have all the ball they want in front of you when they start playing through the midfield and trying to get through little gaps that's when we nick it I thought Jermaine McGlashan had an outstanding debut today absolutely outstanding and I've told him so in there um, and what he did give us was a little bit different from what we, we've had where I asked him to stretch the pitch early, stretch the pitch, run behind their back four and that will enable Paney to get on the ball and give us a little bit of space. And we started alright, we had the ball, we got it wired and the, the sending off did disrupt us, it did disrupt us and you're thinking here we go again. Um, but after last week, I said to them half time, you will always get one chance, no matter how much of the ball Kingsland have, you will always get one chance and to be fair, I think David Gregory only had to make one real good save early from the corner. Um, and apart from that, really, really good organised, disciplined performance. And in ice hockey, Kent's Invicta Dynamos have picked up four points over the weekend. They beat Slough Jets 5-1 away from home on Saturday and followed it up with an 8-4 victory over Junior Raiders in Gillingham last night. The Moes are now seventh in the South Division 1 table. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.